This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning or good afternoon, wherever you may be in this lovely or maybe not so lovely Sunday morning. Uh, you are live here with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the best with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. Answer questions. Talk about anything you want to talk about. I usually come prepared because I have a lot of shy listeners. I know you're out there, but uh, I can't imagine, you know, just from the, the number of virtual visits and calls I take on AirVet, I know a lot of people have questions about their pets. So, um, I am uh, a bit shocked and surprised sometimes that I have very shy listeners who don't want to get on and talk about their pets. Trust me, any problem that you have with your pet, I can guarantee 100% you're not the only one having it. So a lot of other people can learn from what you're experiencing, and it's a great way to share information. So join us here live. You can easily reach us uh, here on Pet Life Radio by going online to PetLifeRadio.com clicking on shows, click on Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff, and there is a Zoom link there left for you, and click on it, and you can be here with us joining live, hopefully with your pet on your lap, unless he's 200 pounds, in which case you might put him next to you, or you might be sitting on his lap. So perusing the news, uh, which I uh, like doing, uh, you know, it's, it's a great way also for, you know, veterinarians, there's so much going on. Uh, we've talked about this, that every five years, half of what was gospel is now obsolete. So the best thing about young doctors coming out of school is that we learn, the old guys learn a lot from our young guys, and they can obviously learn a lot from us as well, because you know I, I see and meet a lot of young doctors, young veterinarians, you may be going to one, and they may be very knowledgeable and very smart, but I can promise you one thing, they're not wise. Why? Because knowledge by itself without experience, that doesn't mean wisdom. So they may know a lot of things, but to recognize nuances, that just comes with time and expertise. And that's when one becomes wise. So some studies that uh, out there, two of them actually reporting about this in the AVMA Smart Brief and the AHA Newstat, American Animal Hospital Newstat. And this is like a duh, that pets give comfort and joy throughout the pandemic. We've all known that. And that's why so many of our shelters are emptying out because people are getting pets. They are realizing that which those of us that have been pet lovers for our lives have known this for years. But there are multiple stories now from all facets of pet parenting, whether it's just purely being a pet owner, a pet parent, to having a working animal, to having a therapy animal, where the benefits of pets are busting out of the seams uh, in these trying times. And it's so true. And I get a number of, it's, it's so interesting how in the last week or two, many of my calls have been about new pets. And I ask, I always ask, I said, is this your first pet? And I am surprised at how many people I talk to are having a pet and it is their first pet ever. I mean, they never had pets growing up as kids. And it's like, I, you know, I, I'm thinking, oh my God, what a loss. How can you possibly have gone this far and not ever had a pet? You are missing out. Well, they're going to see soon enough why those of us that have never been without pets, myself included, my kids included, and now my grandkids, they will not even know what it's like to not have a pet in the house. So it's fascinating to me. And I mean, for those people, I'm thrilled that they're finally getting pets. And I always say, look, you're going to have so many questions. Well, you know, a couple of them have been young couples, and the pet is the prelude to the kids. 
And so they get, I always say it's a good thing because by the time you get to real two-legged pets, um, you're going to be amazed at uh, how easy it's going to be because I think, it's, you know, I'm watching this 11-week-old, it looked like it was a cross between a Great Dane and maybe a Labrador, maybe a little Border Collie. It was black and white, beautiful, already like 15 or 16 pounds at 11 weeks, right? And I, there I am, I'm on the video call with him, and I see this thing going upstairs. And I said, I said, you don't have kids yet, huh? Because or else you would have had a baby gate. And sure enough, I said, look, there aren't many 11-week-old kids that are climbing stairs. So uh, they can't even sit up. They can't even sit up yet, let alone climb stairs. So um, it's a different experience for sure. So New Year's is coming, actually very close. This coming uh, Thursday night and Friday. So. Keep your pets safe. A lot of things we talked about 4th of July are going to apply because there's a lot of noisemakers. There's a lot of commotion. There's going to be fireworks. You know your pets well. If you have that kind of pet that is going to be freaking out, you need to do something about it. Talk to your veterinarian about something calming. There's that cilio, which is great for noise aversion. Uh, you might want to put them in their own safe room. If you expect to have visitors, I can't imagine having many visitors this year, but sadly, there are family might be coming over, doors might be opening. If your dogs are getting freaked out, then you're going to want to obviously keep them locked up safely, make sure they have their ID tags, make sure they're microchipped just in case. And also, of course, um, you want to make sure that they don't bolt out. So keep them safe, keep them calm. And again, you know, the food issue on New Year's is not as great. I'm sure there's going to be food around. Make sure they don't get to it. There may be candles around. Make sure your cats are safe. But one thing there will be around New Year's, and I know this for a fact, and that is alcohol. And um, you want to make sure that your pets stay away from the alcohol because they do like it and they will drink. And we know when to stop. Well, there are many of us that don't know when to stop, but we should know when to stop. The pets don't. And obviously, since the effects don't happen right away, so they will continue to drink. So be very careful. We'll lift up any glasses, remove them, whatever it is, just be really careful out there. You know, we've talked a lot about mink and ferrets, and obviously they're related, or maybe not so obvious, but minks and ferrets are related. And ferrets are another animal that seems to be very, very susceptible to the COVID-19 virus. And there is a particular breed, and it's called the black-footed ferret. They are on the high on the North American endangered species list. Very sad. And many of them are uh, susceptible. Well, they are all are susceptible. Many of them have been have come down have been affected by the virus. So there is a vaccine program going on right now to inoculate. It's an experimental vaccine, but they're inoculating hundreds of them because they want to do what they can to protect them. As I said, because they are on the endangered species list, and we want to make sure that they stay safe. And uh, and like mink, they can not only get the virus, but they can also transmit the virus. So that's something you really need to be aware of. If you are hanging with ferrets, if you have ferrets as pets and someone in the household is COVID-19 positive, you need to be very, very careful. Because unlike the cat who might be uh, able to get the virus short term, uh, they don't get very sick from it and they cannot transmit it. They do not transmit it. Dogs don't even get it. Mink and ferrets can. Mink are usually not kept as pets, but ferrets are. So be really, really careful. How about python jerky treats? Here's a story. So apparently, pythons are common in Florida. There's a lot of concern about their, their overpopulation. So some restaurants are thinking about python meat and python jerky. They do carry a lot of mercury. Many experts saying not a good idea from a, a people safety standpoint, but to try to help control 
the overpopulation, the Florida state legislature and the animal control thought, wow, let's, what a great idea. Let's put python on the menu. So I personally don't eat python. I don't eat any snakes, but I don't eat half the meats out there. But uh, anyway, I'd just be curious if anyone wants to or has eaten snake meat, I'd be curious to know what you think about it. You can reach us here at Dr. Jeff at Pet Life Radio. I think it'd be pretty weird. But anyway, if it works, be careful because they do contain high levels of mercury. A nursing home in New York, which is very similar to our first story, and you know, again, something that I think is uh, very important, adding two more therapy dogs to their staff. They actually have staff dogs. It's, it's kind of like in the army and the military, we have these animals, these, these um, um, army dogs or whatever, they are considered, they can be off. I mean, they're, they're considered part of the army, literally. So same thing with police force. And now with the, um, the knowledge, how much joy, how much comfort, how, much, how many positive benefits there are to these people in homes that are relating to having an ability to interact with pets. What it does for them is amazing. I go back and I, and I maybe told the story before, many, many, many years ago, uh, we're talking back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, I was the resident veterinarian on the home show on ABC, hosted by Gary Collins. And um, we did a segment, we went live into a nursing home. We did a segment and with a with hospital visitation at the time with these therapy dogs and so we, we you know walking down the hallways first of all it was you know so cool the response we're getting walking down the hallways with these magnificent dogs and and everybody stopping and wanted to pet them and say hello it was really sweet but we would take them into rooms of people that were in advanced stages of disease whether it was emotional whether it was physical and just to light up their lives. Many of these people had no family or had family that weren't coming on a regular basis. So we thought it was great to bring dogs to see them. Well, there was this one woman there and she was extremely introverted, would barely communicate with the nursing staff. She had uh, many emotional problems. And um, she saw this dog as we walk in the room. And if I can tell you, talk about beaming, talk about lighting up and holding her hand and actually pushed herself up in the bed to be more upright in bed. And we put this little dog on her lap and the joy in her eyes, petting the dog, talking to the dog was just unreal. And until you see it, you, I'm sure you heard about it. I'm sure you can theorize about it. I'm sure you can, you, have, you can imagine what it would be like. You can't, not until you see it firsthand. And it was actually amazing. So, um, that is something that you know I get embedded in my brain. And when we talk about the healing power of pets, coined by my friend, Dr. Marty Becker, that we realize and how much science is out there as well. It's not just you know um, empirical data. It is now scientific. It is proven data that animals bring us a lot of physiologic and mental benefits, and therefore they never cease to amaze us. I, you know, I saw a little video it was on. I was just combing through my phone, and I get all these ads that pop up. And this was, I think, one of the stories on a like dodo or one of those that a it was Siberian husky is out with its friend or probably with its owner in a nice field, and there's a gate separating from the road. And the mom is talking to the dog. Uh, I mean, her two-legged mom talking to the four-legged dog and um, telling about, oh, so who's, who's coming up? Who's it? And all of a sudden, you know, obviously when you talk to your dog, say, who's there? Who's there? They perk up. So he's watching the road. Apparently many cars and trucks come up this road. And all of a sudden he sees a car or it was actually a truck, a van and goes bonkers just by its sight. 
Could you say the dogs don't have any color vision? You're wrong. They do. It may might, It's different than ours, but they definitely see colors and shades. So all of a sudden it stops right in front. And now this dog cannot contain itself. And then the mom is saying, who's here? Who, who do you think it could be? So all of a sudden the guy gets out of their van. He opens up the back door and another Husky comes out that apparently has been a friend of this Husky. And this Husky has not seen this dog in months and months. And literally the two of them are going bonkers. Their recognition was unbelievable and such a joy to see. And they, then the next scene, you show them running and chasing each other in this field. It was truly uh, unbelievable to watch. So uh, don't underestimate not only our dogs, but the healing power that they bring us. Anyway, don't go away when you come back. It is getting cold out there. Just talking to our producer, complaining that it was down to 40 degrees in uh, Fort Lauderdale. We here in LA, we get pretty cold at night too. Maybe, maybe 45, 50. We complain, we're babies. But across the country, I'm watching the news, snowstorms. We're going to talk about cold weather and your pet's safety. Don't go away. We'll be back after these short messages. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. So welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, host here at Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. As I mentioned before the break, I was watching the news and I see um, news from coming from somewhere in the Midwest. I mean, literally snowstorms, like insane snowstorms. I'm sitting here in sunny Southern California. Our producer, Mark, is sitting in sunny Southern Florida. And we're wondering, what the heck is going on? And who cares? Well, well, you know what? I have to realize that that much of the country uh, is suffering right now from extremely cold weather. Uh, winter has officially, the winter solstice has passed. And so we are officially in winter now. And many parts of the country are showing it. And um, it's very, very critical that we take steps when it gets this cold. And, you know, like dogs have their coats. They're wearing them all the time. But we have to be a lot more cautious. I know, remember when my um, daughter went to U of M, University of Michigan for undergrad, and um, sure enough, very cold. I've been in Chicago during the winter. I was in Minnesota during the winter. You know, very first time I went to Minnesota, it was during the summer. Uh, it was August. 
beautiful, by the way. And I was in Minneapolis. And I see that when you're downtown Minneapolis, all the buildings are attached to each other by these, I called it the hamster trails. I mean, every single building is attached to every other building on the second story. And you can go, I don't think, what, people don't want to walk out. It's beautiful out here. What, what, are you wusses? How come you're not going outside? Well, next time I was in Minneapolis was February. Guess what? You couldn't walk outside. It was so cold. Your ears would freeze and crack off. So now I say, ah, now I understand why you have these hamster trails. So these walkways are there for a reason. What we need to do for our pets is be very, very aware, very conscientious of how cold it can get. And it's not just the temperature. In many cases, again, like in, I'll bring back Chicago, wind chill factor. Wind chill can take a, a, a 20 degrees and make it 20 below. And um, if we don't take the necessary precautions for our pets, we are going to have major problems. So here are a number of things that I want to talk about. Number one is if you can, when it gets that cold, keep pets indoors, keep them indoors. When you have to keep them outside, they have to have some sort of protection from the wind, whether it's a dog house, whether it's one of those dog glues like an igloo, whether it's a, a fence, someplace where they can go to protect themselves from the wind. Understand when it gets that cold, freezing is anything below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, guess what? When it's 20 degrees or 10 degrees or zero or two below or 10 below, how fast can their water freeze? It's very hard for a dog to drink frozen water. So therefore, we have to have come up with some way to make sure that if they're going to be outside, they need to be hydrated, remain hydrated. They have to drink. You need to get these pet bowls that are warming. There are certain things you can do. They're out there that will help keep the water water and not turn into ice. How about walking dogs? Sweaters, when you have those small breeds and you see them wearing the coats and sweaters and you laugh, don't laugh so loud because there's a reason for it. And that is that the smaller the dog, the larger their surface area is related to their own body weight, which means they have more surface area from which to lose their body heat into the cold and the cold to come in. They can actually freeze. For larger breeds, if they have very, very short hair, they don't have the luxury of that nice coat that a Husky or a Samoyed or an Akita has or a Malamute. So we have to be aware that you want to, if you need to, you might want to put a jacket on them as well. How about walking your dogs? Well, that's very important. And guess what? Many municipalities put chemicals down or salt or de-icing chemicals. You need to protect your dog's feet. And even, even if it's not the chemicals, just from the ice. Because remember, remember, feet and noses, they don't have the same. They don't have hair. They don't have the same protection. And they can actually, if they're going for a long walk, they're moving. It's okay. But their feet could freeze. So very important to put little booties on them. Any kind of paw protection will help them as well. Now, a lot of dogs that are subjected to cold weather, especially dogs that are working, are going to probably burn even more calories because a lot of their calorie intake, caloric intake, is going to help keep their body warm. So you're going to probably need to increase their ration. Now, other dogs, because of the cold, that are not, that are sort of couch potato indoor dogs, and your walks are going to be shorter more because of you than because the dog. The dog would go on, but you're the wuss. You don't want to go on for a longer walk in the cold. So you come in sooner. So that for those dogs, you may need to reduce the caloric intake a little bit because they may not be getting the same exercise and they might put on that winter weight that you're probably going to put on as well. So come spring, you're going to have to you know make up for it. But in the meantime, you might want to reduce their caloric intake as well. 
So whatever you can do to keep them warm. Now, another warning I give, and this is really, really important. Dogs aren't usually running by themselves. And when someone sees a dog running stuff, they're going to call animal control. Cats, on the other hand, is, uh, frequently will just do their own thing. A lot of people have indoor-outdoor cats. I don't recommend it in big cities. Here in Los Angeles, I have six cats. They're all indoors. I won't let them outside because of dogs, cars, coyotes, etc. But feline leukemia, feline AIDS. But still, a lot of people have indoor-outdoor cats. They come in at night, but they, they're outdoor most of the day. They're hunting. They're foraging. They're, they're having fun with other cats, which is fine. If you don't worry about, if you're not worried about dogs, cars, coyotes, FELV and FIV, make sure they're, they're vaccinated against rabies and FELVA for sure. They'll feel a leukemia virus if you do have indoor outdoor cats. But one thing about cats, they're really smart, kind of. They look for warmth and they find it often when they're outdoor cats in the winter. Where do they find it? They find it under cars. They jump up, go underneath the car, jump up on the engine block, which has been running, and they find nice and warmth there and they cuddle up and they go to sleep. Oh, how nice. Guess what? In the morning, you come out back out your car, and you get in your car. The first thing you want to do is start that car. Sometimes now with the new cars, you can even start it before you get to the car by the push of the button on your key fob. Well, that poor cat. Oh my God. First of all, the shock is amazing. All of a sudden, this engine starts going, and they jump up, and guess where they can get caught? They can get caught in the fan belt and the fan, and it is instant destruction, and it is not pretty. So I recommend that if you live in an area and your cars are parked out, when you come to your car in the morning, come up and give it a big bath on the hood. All right, wake that kitty up. Let him jump out before you start your car. Because when you hear that scream, it is not a pretty scream at all. And uh, it is extremely, extremely dangerous. So understand that cats will do that. Hit your hood, warn them that you're going to get in your car. You're going to start up the engine. If they're there, hope they'll make a run. Well, they will make a run for it. They're not stupid. But um, you don't want them to wake up from the engine starting, because then they might, in their attempt to escape and flee, they might end up with in front by that fan or fan belt. Very dangerous. So um, it's all a matter of being smart, taking necessary precautions. Again, it's the cold, it's the wind chill, it's the coats, it's the jackets. And uh, oh, one thing about the long-haired dogs, you still need to keep them groomed. Just like when the summer, we say you don't necessarily want to shave your dogs for the summer because th that coat, like a thermos, it will serve to keep them warm in the cold weather and keeps them cool, protects them from the heat in the hot weather. But the coat has to be healthy. So you still need to groom them, comb them, because once that coat, if that coat gets matted, it loses that benefit of what it's there to do. So please keep that in mind as well. So once again, love to hear from you. Any questions you may have, you know, also, if you have something, a couple of weeks ago, as you know, I had my friend Molly Baszler running for a political office, but her platform was pets. Anything that you may be involved in, involving pets, and you want to promote it here on our show, let us know. You can contact me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. You'll come on, you'll join me on a Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, depending on where you are, as a guest, and to talk about what you're working on, what you're, you know, who you're working with, and how it has a potential positive impact on pets, how you're working against something that is currently having a negative impact on pets. And we'd love to have you on our show as a guest to promote what you're doing. I think it's a, it's a great revenue, it's a great source to get out information 
And um, you know, maybe if you need some fundraising, it's a great way to uh, get that as well. So don't be shy. Don't be bashful. I'm sure that if you're involved in something, you would like more people to know about it. And that is the benefit of what we do here on Pet Life Radio. If we can help somebody, help pets, then uh, that's great for us. So let us know. We'd love to have you. And if you have any other questions and you're afraid to join me, send me an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com. And I will get them the email and I can answer you live on air. And of course, if you are looking for a good telemedicine platform, join me here on AirVet, A-R-V-E-T, download it. You can put in Jeff's Telehospital as your hospital of choice. Click on Dr. Werber. You'll have your own personal concierge veterinarian to question, to bug. You can bug me as much as you want, 24-7. And um, I am the idiot that takes calls 24-7, which is why I look so tired this morning, because I got about six calls in the middle of the night last night, and I took them like an idiot. But I just can't say no. And uh, if I can help someone, I that's what I really, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help. So have a great week, everybody. Happy New Year. Enjoy it. Stay safe. Keep your pets safe. Don't get too drunk. But enjoy the new year, and uh, you'll probably be enjoying it with much fewer people than you have in the past, uh, unless you have a really huge family that lives under your roof. But be cautious, stay safe, but still have fun. And we will uh, see you back here next Sunday, the first Sunday of 2021. Hopefully 2021 will bring us a much better year. Have a great week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.